0: clearly on top. Arcadia Queen
1: is running on. 200 to go. Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot. Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen, first looking 2,000 is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen elected a quarter. Russian Camelot. I remember watching the back. This bike might be pretty smart. I think. And the autumn sun goes for the lead at the 200 meters day legends welcome to our first review that we've done in a while the second again boys we decided after a pretty good weekend that we had um and obviously with all the good racing back we decided to come back together and and review what's been had so jacko welcome brother how are you
0: mate good to be here party shirts on after a big weekend um massive mate i'm sure sure we're going to run through the the cleanup that it was but um look in fairness we were due we had a couple of sort of dry weeks we were still punching out through winter as we said but Mate, we, uh, we capitalise. Spring is around the
1: corner. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned the party shirts. Now, this was your idea, I must say, because I'd forgotten about this. So a couple of months back, we had a field day and I put the party shirt on as a surprise. You tell me on the phone this afternoon, make sure you get your party shirt on and I'll have one too. You've got yourself a, a what, a, a jacket and a shirt? What's going on?
0: Yeah, a bit of a dry fit happening. Ah, I'm just going to leave it to you, mate, because you're the colourful character. I'm just the boring fucking bloke that reads out the stats and, and statistics. I guess we, we all got to play our role. But, mate, like not nine o'clock on a Monday, hats off to you. Are you still up and about?
1: No, absolutely. This is what it's all about. Um, I love 9pm nine, 9 PM Mondays. It's, it's, it's my area. Um, now, let's be honest. There's very good reason for why I'm wearing this party shirt. And that reason being, we've tipped we've tipped a few winners. Like, let's mm. be honest, we've tipped a couple. So across the two cards, we managed to tip seven, seven winners on our tip sheets with a couple of placings as well and a few, some good odds. So just overall, so we'll start at Mooney Valley, obviously a bloody tough day. Like, it, 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 we knew it was going to be a day that was tough. The rail was out five metres. They were racing on a heavy nine and a lot of horses first and second up it was pretty it was a bit of carnage, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's tough. I think everyone was caught off guard a little bit by how heavy the track actually got. When we were talking on Thursday night, I think it was a soft five or soft six at that point. There was a little bit of rain forecast, but all of a sudden it's Saturday morning and you're looking at a heavy eight, heavy nine. So a lot of form books went out the window and it's just sort of go from there. And I find Mooney Valley hard enough to bet at most times, but when it's a heavy nine, it's almost a non-bet. So glad we could get a couple of winners away in the end.
1: Absolutely. So... If you don't know already, we have an Instagram page, second again. So if you miss the podcast for some reason, just on an off week, you know, the missus is arguing with you. Why are you listening to that shit for? You know, you've got a way to be sneaky about it. Hop onto the Instagram and we post the tip sheets up and a couple of clips as well. But tip sheets, speaking of which, so a race we didn't cover on the podcast was race three at the Valley. We managed to find a $14 winner, Jacko.
0: Mate, bang. Cyclone Sally, the filthy grey, mate. Awesome. In the in the old jungle edge colours, as soon as the wets around, these colours seem to come to the fore, mate. But, mate, that was well found by yourself. How did you, how'd you come up with this thing? Straight to the front, ping the lids, had them all off the bit before the 300 and never looked like it and beat. 12 bucks, thanks for coming.
1: That's how I saw it in my head the night before anyway. Um, it's pretty rare you get one right. $14 shot, so it should happen one every 14 times. I reckon it happens every 14,000 times you actually pull one off, so... Cyclone Sally, Froggy knew it. Thank you very much, mate. So I went to the front and kept on going. Race seven. All right, we we liked a couple of runners in this race and it ended up being an absolute, there was just no runners left by the end of it. I think there were only five or six runners to finish and it really just left us with me and Kane, didn't it?
0: Yeah, pretty much. And like, like I said, it was a heavy nine. So, you know, a lot of fields were depleted throughout the day and this is probably the best example of it. Once the scratchings came out, this was the obvious pick. And Kieran Ma Eustace, as they usually do, had a field day, four winners on the day. And that's just, you know, clockwork for those guys. They're just at that sort of clip at the moment. They're probably, they're they're on par with Waller. I'm probably saying they're in form and and probably the best out there at the moment.
1: Smoke and Romans was good in behind, I thought, um, taking a little bit of ground off at late. I actually thought it was going to get there for a little bit. I think if it was any other track, it probably would have. Man Kane was walking, but... Look, gets the chockies around that $2 mark, we'll take it. Race 8,000 metres. Obviously, Bella Nipatina had a couple of options and Sydney was one and they decided to go down to the valley and race there. It was very, very well supported into 260 on game day and she was pretty good.
0: Yeah, they just knew, you know, course experience. She's a classy mare. Any dual acceptors, you know, especially of this high quality when they've got the options to go either way. Once Willow's booked as well, you knew the money was coming. It was pretty much lights out. Just sat one out, one back, popped her off at the absolute perfect time. Knew where the favorite was at all times as well, Willow. He's, he's very underrated from that sense. He knows exactly where all his competitors are. Gave a kick at the 300 and was too good. Extremely lucky was the favorite. or actually, I think it started second favorite in the end, the fucking amount of money that came for Bella. I'm not going to hop off him. Just got lost around the valley a little bit. So first look at the valley, heavy nine again. So... Few excuses there. I still think it finished off pretty well, and can follow it. And Maliva was pretty honest up front there as well, so did mind those three runs.
1: Absolutely, and um, it, it is such a tough track to even run out if you've run there a million times, let alone first up. So I'd definitely be keeping an eye on that horse if they keep it over in Melbourne. It, it'll it'll have a kill in it for sure. Mm. Um, they're at Caulfield this week for the Memzy. So there's a Group One there. Looking forward to that little race. I think I'm thunderstruck and a few horses are back. So we really are getting stuck into it again. Um, Randwick was where we did our real damage. So we finally got to some nice ground. It was a soft five and it did look pretty good. The, the fence was slightly off. It, well, probably a bit more than slightly, to be honest. It was definitely inferior ground. From race three onwards, though, the second again, boys, it was it was genuine carnage. Um, yeah, yep. we clicked into gear, mate. Absolutely. So you found one at 7 scorched land. I thought it was fantastic. Just wanted to give mention there. So it paid around that $7 mark. Very nice win. Did you did you have a little play?
0: Had a little each way play just to get me rolling. I was actually pretty lucky because that was the first bit of the day. So mate to to get away with the $7.50 mark. You, you know you're
1: in for a good one. Absolutely. And then race 4 um, Niffler was absolutely on the nose. It was like three fifty out of 5 bucks, And yep. geez, it won like a $1.90 shot this thing.
0: Yeah, J-Mark and Chris Waller, I don't know how the market doesn't come for them. I just, you know, it, it happens time and time again. As soon as you forget about this combination, they'll come up and lob. Niffler just did it easy and showed a, a bit of arrogance in the end, actually, as well.
1: Absolutely. Not too many runners for me to follow. There's Midway and then a Benchmark 78. I think there's some nice horses, but they don't look like they're going to be any sort of contenders in big race bigger gra- races as the as the spring goes on but someone that does look like a contender comes in race five and mm. we were really keen on this guy we both sort of thought that this was going to be its race and although first up after a sort of a year you don't see seven-year-old geldings very often have only seven or eight starts and, and show the promise it has showmanship jmack Just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, scary stuff. Massive acceleration first up on a wet affected ground. Yes, it wasn't heavy, but to have that acceleration on that soft ground was... Pretty awesome to see. And like you said, it's only had about two runs in two years. So for that horse to have that level of fitness only came in off a little jump out and we never know how much work they've have gone into them over in Melbourne when they bring them over. But Danny O'Brien's obviously prepared this thing perfectly and was just too good for them on the day. Again, you see the booking of J-Mac there. So that's awesome. Ran just under a length above benchmark. So really good first up performance. Lots of positive signs there. Sure for uh, improvement to come. Couple in behind, I thought Prime Candidate, the run with the, with the lightweight was pretty good, was left out in front a long way from home, was probably just a sitting duck towards the end. He broke benchmarks. So um, happy days for him. Probably improvement to come as well next start. And Rocketing By around the best last thousand of the meeting. So probably two or three runners in, that, um, in those top three there were probably good horses to
1: follow. Absolutely. They ran the last 634-39, which is a reasonable clip considering how they were going more than moderate early towards, I thought. And Prime Candidate, as you said, was pretty tough. Rocketing buys one to follow for me. I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't know if they'll stretch it, out, stretch it out to 1400 1600 I don't know what the plan is. I'm sure they will, but I thought it was a really, really good run. It was around that $21 mark as well. So you yep. should be able to get a nice price.
0: Definitely. And it's got form around big parade last prep. So somebody's got an opinion of it. It's had a bit of a trainer change, like this prep and only the second
1: run. So definite improvement to come. Um, race six was the premier's cup, bit of a nothing race, but I thought there were a couple of horses in behind the winner that ran well. Arafeo was the winner. It won it saluted at $21 and was really good. Um, I know you thought Francesco Guardi was, was pretty handy in behind though.
0: Yeah. I thought he should have won the race. We mentioned that the, the inside rail was probably off this day. I think Pike's a fantastic jockey, but this is just one of those occasions where you just sort of scratch your head and go, what was he doing there? Because he had the opportunity to come out and probably be close to where the winner was. I reckon the, between the two of them, you're probably looking at at least a length to a length and a half inferior ground on the inside. So Arapaho just got to the best part of the track. Normally a leader, that horse. And by design, it it just ended up being at the back. I don't know what, what happened there. If you missed the kick, but maybe they've worked out how to ride him now. So just got right to the outside. Rachel King just kept swinging on him and was too good in the end. I thought Francesco Guardi was unlucky and just want to touch on Grove Ferry, our tip for the race as well. Looked like he was the sole leader, but unfortunately Durston, um, the Waller horse with Adkins on, got caught wide and ended up taking it up and just going ballistic in the end. I don't know if that horse has hit the post yet. I think it finished at 130 <laughs> lengths last and and you know Grove Ferry still punching away there at the end with 100 to go was probably still in front. So I thought massive run from it. But um, Francesco Guardi,
1: pretty unlucky. Thank you for the correction on the Arapaho as well. I appreciate that. It's, I'm looking at all these runners all the time. It's just sometimes it, it does slip me. One I want to mention, La V, this thing had 60 kilos um, and battled on really, really well. I don't know what the target race for this horse will be, but I dare say it'll be getting ready for something bigger than a Premier's Cup. Um, I know that stable will have some sort of opinion of the horse. So, probably a little bit of a watch, especially if it gradually gets down in the weights. You know, you run sixth or seventh in one of these races, your handicap should go down. Mm. Hopefully, there's an opportunity for Lodondo Don- V at some point. Mm. Um, race seven. Now, this was an exceptional performance, in my opinion. Zapateo, fantastic. I thought the top two were really, really good. What do you make of it? Was it as good as I thought or is what do the numbers say?
0: Yeah, the numbers say this was the second best performance of the day and the best performance came in another horse with the blue jacket as well. And no surprises there, but this is two and a half lengths above benchmark first up. We spoke about the residual fitness that this horse had after that um, demolishment at Scone. That was only towards late May. Had, a, had that trial in between runs as well. So it was nice and fit coming into this. There was probably no excuses. But I think no matter what stage of the prep that Zapotea was at, if you ran this race 10 times, you'd probably win 11 of them. So she was just much too good for them at the end of the day. Rachel King sat quiet as a church mouse and just sort of presented him with the 300 and was just much too good and won with arrogance. There's really nothing in behind that I can make a case for. Zapotea is going to go on to bigger and better things.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really, really impressive. I'm probably a little bit different. I think there's a race for Jamea for sure. When you have a look at the way that the race shaped and you look at the first five runners at the 600, those first five finished in the top six and the only horse to come from last was Jamea and she made, made up. he made up some massive ground Jamea. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that after that first up performance, there's got to be a race for it. Um, what it will be, I don't know if it's a, a golden eagle, that sort of setup, that might might be the, the sort of way.
0: Yeah, potentially. Just on the figures as well for Jamea, best last 400 of the day. And just the fitness sort of peaked. You could see it was just sort of waiting for the line in the last 200. So the condition just gave way first up. So, you know, definitely in for a good prep, that runner. I don't know where they get to if it's really up to that top, you know, group ones and some of those massive handicap races that, that they come up with. Like you said, those big feature golden eagles
1: and the like. We'll see what happens there. For sure. Um, Now, race eight, the wing stakes, you were very bullish. Let's be honest. You thought this horse was was pretty well a good thing. Um, turns out he was, he's, he appears to be getting better. I, I hate to say it, but it, I know that he's run, this is, this is the best first up run he's put together for his whole career. So yeah. it probably speaks volumes about where the horse is at and where Cummings has got it to. This is over 1400 metres for Animo and oh, just, it's so impressive.
0: Yeah, well, writing was on the wall. You know, two trials into a 1,400 metre assignment first up. You probably knew the intent was there. You know, if you look at last campaign, it was one trial into 1,200. And we spoke about that pre-race and I'm of the opinion, I don't know if if, if other people are of, the, of this opinion as well, but if this horse comes to play and they've got him fit, I don't know if there's a horse in the country that can beat him over these trips. They need to get out to 1800 for them to be a chance. I know we spoke about just after the race about Profondo and um, he'll probably improve getting out to more of a trip and probably back on top of the ground as well. These horses got a lot to find to be able to challenge him. And it's probably going to have to be a horse like Zaki or someone to bring him undone, you know, later on in the prep and maybe looking ahead to a Cox plate. Some of those overseas raiders that we always see those nice, those nice classy types that are pretty untapped. So yeah, I just think again, similar to Zapoteo in the race before you could run this race 10 times, he wins 11. So he was just too good on the day. Fangirl ran really nicely. Um, she was third best performance on the day behind Animo and Zapateo. So she was a nice little 1.3 above benchmark, really nice resumption from her. She's going to be right on track for a mayor's grade type of race. So, you know, whether that be an empire rose on Derby day, I know that's sort of a month and a bit away. Um, there's plenty of, of targets and they can map out for her. But I think if you drop her back to sort of set weights in a mares' grade, she's going to be
1: extremely hard to beat. For sure i don't think i need to touch on any more with animo he's just an absolute superstar there's three in behind for me so fangirl i don't know if it's an epsom if that's sort of the direction they're heading I, I feel like that's what Waller's plan is i feel like he wants to go that direction she'd probably get in with a reasonable weight being a four-year-old mare as well i dare say she'd probably get in with like a 54 or a 53 even i think that looks like a pretty nice race for her um that empire rose as you mentioned as well would be a really nice race on derby day but I thought she was fantastic first up, um, first time up, up in this sort of grade. Um, Profondo as well. He did, he did probably what I was expecting him to do. I thought he might have even done a little bit more once he hit the front, but he just looked like he needed that run under his belt. But it's good to see he switched on. That's yeah. the-
0: Absolutely. He did most things right. I thought they were going to settle a little bit closer with him. He just got sort of back to midfield. I thought he had a bit more speed than that. Maybe just didn't leave as well as expected, but he's gone a length above benchmark and fourth best performance on the day. So naturally, most of the best performances on the day came out of this race being the feature in the group one. So no surprises there, but a lot of these horses are right on track. They just better not run into Animo again.
1: One I want to touch on for, from a future's perspective is Benno. So this horse, this was just a fantastic run for a horse looking for t- 2,000 plus. Um, I th- for me, it was a run of the day. It was the runner for me to watch for the entire meeting. This was over 1,400 against the best horses we've got at the moment. Um, and I thought it was fantastic. Looks like a Metrop is sort of the end goal. George main probably in between it's about $26 in a George main at the moment. And it's already in a four 50 favorite for the Metrop. So we've missed the price there, but, Fuck, he was a good run, mate.
0: Yeah, far out. For this horse to be first up, you knew there was a lot left in the tank. And for him to break benchmark first up in this company, that's huge. So in for a huge, huge campaign. I do hope they stick with Reese Jones. Um, He's obviously a quality young jock and I hope they stick with him. Um, But unfortunately, the horse could have gone even better. He just raced tight between runners. He's a big lugging grey that you just need to get out into a lot of space and almost knocked off Hitotsu in um, in the derby last prep. So, you know, serious serious talent
1: for sure i know we spent a lot of time on this race but there's good reason for why we're doing it Mm. two runners we must mention yep must mention and i'm going to start with your old mate richie richie Mm. Mm. where do you put him where do you sit him i know i know you've always thought that he wasn't quite up to the top class but if he was going to be anywhere near it you would have thought 1400 meters first up yeah okay ground i thought that he could have run a better race than last
0: yeah, there's, there's only so many excuses you can find uh, for these types of runners. I did have the opinion that if Animo turned up, he wasn't going to win, but I was expecting him to be top three and, and to be competitive. Unfortunately, again, similar to Benno, but Benno ran better. Mwanga just raced tight between runners, and he's another horse that you just need to get right to the outside and just let him just be under his own steam and try and swamp home. Even when he got out, it looked like Tommy Berry was taking it easy on him, um, but still didn't show much through the line. So he was beaten nice and comfortably in the end. I think it's got to be something easier for him. But the problem is going to get hit with that weight now.
1: Yeah, exactly right. They're like, where do you place him? You have to place him in weight for age racing now. Mm. And then the last one, Forbidden Love. I think the the writing was on the wall first up, and we the queries that we posed were these really wet tracks. Um, Obviously, coming out of that huge preparation she had where they just kept going back to the well with her. And and to be fair, she was repaying them as well for trusting her. I'm just, I'm worried about this horse. I think as a five-year-old now, she's had such a tough preparation last prep. She's come out and really hasn't shown much.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those situations where you strike while the iron was hot you know, last, last prep with those wet bog tracks, a lot of horses just don't handle it. So if you've got a horse that's one in a million and it's just a duck and just completely goes through the going, you just go along with her. And and they backed up on more than one occasion with her throughout that prep. So you make a great point, how much can be left going into the spring now? And um, they try to sort of sneak her into this early sort of um, spring, still sort of in the winter campaign and just try and sneak a couple of runs in for fitness didn't work out though. She's had two failures now. I just think she still needs a heavy track and needs to be leading and, and dominating and controlling her races. And, you know, probably more to the point, I might be being a little bit pessimistic. I don't think she's a top group one horse. I think she needs to be aimed a little bit lower.
1: Bang, there you go. And probably fair enough, I reckon, rightfully so. Last race that will covers race nine. We knew this race just, there were queries absolutely everywhere. You had all these horses that had, Um, big two-year-old campaigns obviously on those wet tracks as well a lot of them have come out and done absolutely nothing like revolutionary miss has run seven lengths last um you have a look a little bit further up the up the list there even willinga beast had its chance i know first up had its chance and then didn't show a lot the top two though they were fantastic
0: yeah pretty impressive in secret obviously the hard luck story whether she goes on to win or not i don't know um it's one of those things where it, once they got out, they didn't make a whole lot of impression on the winner, but it, in the same token, it didn't get its chance to go on and, and hopefully win the race. But that was our tip. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. On a day like that, you can't complain. You know, what's the difference between five and six winners? There'll be plenty <laughs> of time to, to recoup that later on in the spring. But yeah, look, I think you can follow the top three, uh, top two with a bit of confidence. Zoo gotcha comes out of the right camp. Willie Pike, he's he's a brave man. I don't know because I bagged him a little bit earlier for his ride um, where he went back to the fence and he's done the same thing here and gets the chocolates. So I I must be just, you know, a bloke with egg on his face and he's just too smart for me. Maybe maybe that's what it is at the end of the day. But, you know, you bag these jocks, but they've got formulas and and they know what they're doing and they go out and walk the track every day. So they know what's happening and Pike got the chocolates here too good.
1: Absolutely. I, I do think they're both horses to follow. I don't know if they're quite up to a golden rose or anything like that, but... For the Phillies, they're probably the two stars of the two. Speaking of Golden Roses, we look to this weekend. It's a really key lead-up race for a Golden Rose. We look at the San Dominico, and that's obviously at Rose Hill this weekend. Your boys back. Um, they've put a li- really good field together. Actually, You've got Best of Bordeaux in there as well. Swiss Exile, mm. fifteen dollars into six dollars. Some mm. serious money. So, how much of you and how much of you and the family had on this thing? <laughs>
0: Mate, I made a grave mistake. I was watching the nominations come through at about 11, 11.30 this morning. I thought, you know what, I'll just send it into the group chat just to let everyone know, get a bit of support from the guys, you know, just hopefully a few good lucks or you know, good luck to all connections. Instead, I I sent it in. Bit of silence for about an hour, a couple of hours i check again the horse at fucking $6, (laughs) 15 (laughs) bucks into sixes. No, but he'll be competitive. Um, We have to wait and see what the track will come up at Rose Hill this weekend, but a couple of really nice three-year-old races coming up. Conqueror's in that next race as well uh, for the up and coming. Looks like a super chance in a Golden Rose. Um, So yeah, plenty of horses first up as well. And another test for those horses that come through the Slipper, you mentioned Best of Bordeaux, raced on those bog-heavy tracks throughout the autumn. How are they going to come back? And are they going to show that same turn of foot in that class? And, that's the real asset test for all these horses first up and already you're starting to see them, you know, fall away, like revolutionary miss, as you said. So mate, all, all will be told and, and um, yeah, plenty to look out for this Saturday.
1: Something to make you a little bit more crook. I've just had a look and it's into fives. So oh, um, the price is gone, but it's got to give you some confidence as an owner as well, which is fantastic. And then you've obviously got the Memsey um, down south in Melbourne, which sees a lot of really good horses come back. Alligator Blood's been given its clearance to race in Victoria as well, which is really good news. They've got that horse. Gay and Adrian have got that horse back to where he was. Um, and then I'm thunderstruck. When he's $10 first up, you just know the race is going to have some really deep quality. So looking forward to this weekend. And, and we'll obviously preview all of that um, Thursday night. We'll have the podcast up for you guys on Thursday night as well, so you can lead into a hopefully another massive week on the punt.
0: Yeah, let's let's get on the quick backup, mate. We're ready to go now. We are rolling before spring.
1: Absolutely, brother. Thanks for listening, everyone. Again, Instagram page. If you haven't got on, we know what the misses is like. We get it. We understand it's tough. All right. You can't listen to horse racing podcasts all the time. Have a look at our Instagram. Put us on a little private proxy code. I don't care what you do. Get involved.
0: <laughs> VPN guys, whatever you can. Just just get us get us on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks,
0: Jacko. Good to have you, brother. See you guys.